Welcome everyone to the First 30 Podcast, where we play the first 30 minutes of a game to find out if it's worth your time, money, and energy. Today, we're taking a look at Inscription from Daniel Mullins Games and Devolver Digital. Thank you for listening to the First 30 Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Callahan, and alongside me are the cards you always sacrifice in your mill deck, Tim Harris. Hello. <laughs> David Marino. You're giving I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very Magic the Gathering reference. I'm there, a, I'm you. a, I'm a good four drop at least. Uh, well, you are a uh, a green deck uh, player. You're like it's true. Uh, you like you like your strong creatures, and uh, I don't know if anyone out there is a uh, Magic the Gathering player because uh, we are. Um, I'm the mill deck should... guy. Yeah, Tim's a Tim's mill deck definitely the mill deck. I'm a. David's a green deck that like loves to have as many creatures and overpowered <laughs> creatures as possible. And I guess I'm probably that middle ground because I love myself a white uh like the the health deck, like where it's just like so much health it's like dis- uh, sickening. Like yeah. you just can't stand that person because they have like a hundred health on the field. That's me. I love that kind of deck. I'm all for that. But um, actually, you know, I haven't played Magic in a while. We, you know, we should do a Magic game podcast one day. <laughs> we could yeah, do load it. up uh, Tabletop Simulator. I got all my decks in there already. <laughs> oh, really? oh, you have the decks? I was gonna say we have Arena that's going out right now. I played a little bit of Arena. It's actually really good. It is. I love Arena. I've played a lot of bit of Arena, and let me tell you, they could not have done. A better job. They're missing a lot of the stuff that you get in uh, Magic the Gathering online, unfortunately. Like, you know, all the other formats that are available. I wish they would oh, add yeah. that to the game. But, like, outside of that, it's great. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they do a good job at keeping... Like, if you've never played Magic the Gathering, playing Magic the Gathering Arena is a good way to get yourself, like, you know, up to speed and it teaches you how to play because like, it can be daunting. I remember playing like me and you, Tim, we started playing like a million years ago. Yeah. Ages, hundreds of eons ago. Yeah. Eons ago. Uh, and we were playing for a good couple years incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> we learned the true way of playing like when we were like kids and stuff. So it's um uh, it's a game that takes a long time to learn just because of how many rules and like changing rules happen too because like old cards aren't even part I don't know it's just hard but like if anyone's a Magic Gathering fan let us know uh on Twitter actually you can you can follow us at at Chestery Games because uh, we want to hear from you and let us know that you're a Magic game player and maybe we'll do some Magic game stuff on um on the Chester YouTube channel huh. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. But we're not here to talk about Magic the Gathering. We're here to talk about another card game, or, you know, a digital card game, Inscription by uh, Daniel Mullen, Mullins Games and Devolver Digital. I don't know why I struggle with that one. It's just, <laughs> it's probably because it's like named after a person. It's, it's just some guy. Yeah. It's just some dude made this game, but um, I appreciate him just doing that. Um, but let's talk about this game a bit. It's inscription. It is a card based game. Um, it's got the weird, goofy vibe. It's like a very unsettling vibe, I would say, like with the way that the game plays. Like it's, it's not like your typical, like, fantasy card game it's not like hearthstone it's not like magic the gathering it's not like Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon it's not like 
fantasyful. This is very like, what's that game that you like, Tim? Where like the people go insane in the dungeon. Darkest dungeon. Darkest dungeon. Oh boy. Darkest dungeon. It's giving me that vibe. That's the kind of vibe I'm getting from. I it. can see that. I can see that. It's got a very dark feel to it. Uh, that's that is definitely a something that you could look into. Honestly, as far as uh, inspiration for the art yeah. style behind this game, really. Which I will say, the art style I'm. I think is my favorite part of this game is like all the, like the, the cards that talk to you, the, just the eyes, instead of seeing like a, a player, you just see the eyes of the, your, your opponent on the other side of the, of the table. That's kind of cool and kind of creepy. Um, the thing that grossed me out the most is that it looks like when you lose life, right? You're actually pulling out teeth, which makes me wonder how many teeth do we actually have? Because we pulled out a lot of teeth in this thir- first 30 minutes. I'm just going to say that much. Unless we can we replace our teeth? Well, I don't do think that the one? ones that are going on the scale are necessarily our teeth. I think those are the teeth of the creature that we kill. We can use the players oh. to rip out our own teeth if we're losing too badly, though. Got it. So yeah. okay, so we're only pulling out our teeth if we we need that extra bit of damage. Right. All right. Okay. I guess I'll take this. Um, but yeah, the art style is really cool. Like all the all the creatures feel very unique. I mean, they're obviously like actual creatures because we have like an adder, a stoat, um, you know, like different like the squirrels, the cat, and things like that. But like each. Each creature looks like unique and has like a little individuality to them. Um, but David mentioned something and me and Tim didn't catch this right away that this is supposed to be a found footage game. Well, it looks it, maybe? it kind of looks like that's how it's going to be presented. And so I mentioned this in the gameplay, but before I realized we were going to do this for a first 30, I did play through the demo and I thought without because the the little thing that happens with the the single play button in the center of the screen and then the captions come up it's like okay let's see what's on this thing with the little like tape spool icon oh yeah that's right that that doesn't appear in the demo or that didn't appear in the demo so that was the first time i had seen that and when you finish the demo there's like these scenes they're live action scenes of the guy developing the game so what i kind of think now is those are actually part of the game and that like as you go through the this footage that you're watching the game that you're playing is going to start like seeping into his reality (laughs) okay what the fuck so this is very so this is like uh resident evil 7-esque where you're like you find the the tapes and you put it in and you're playing as that character kind of thing is that what you're kind of saying maybe i don't know i think i don't i don't really know where that how far that's gonna go but like tim said this guy made pony island so it's probably gonna get a little bonkers yeah what's pony island i don't know what this what's you need to play it because sitting here explaining it is just going to be (laughs) a nightmare so uh i would advise it if you haven't played pony island definitely check it out because it's it's something (laughs) it's a ride it's just one of those games that just screws with what you think a game can be right 
Okay. Well, all right. So I appreciate that. I'm I'm okay. Like we've we're not uh, strangers to like experimental games on this channel. I mean, I don't. What's that game that you made me play where it was just like a little bit too long, David? <laughs> it was just me and you that played it. What was the name of that one? BDK. Where it was like every BDK. Oh yeah. We're like. <laughs> B- yeah, BDK. Everything just felt. It was a little that slow. Game was, it was interesting. It just was a very slow burn. Um, yeah, definitely. However, if if you guys want to see that, you know, it is on the YouTube uh, channel. If you want to go to the Chester YouTube channel, uh, BDK. Very interesting. It's like a movie in a game, which is weird to say, but it, that's kind of the best way to describe it. Um, but you could go over there uh, and watch that if you'd like. Um, Tim. You mentioned to me you wanted to talk about the overworld and like how they referenced how the uh, WASD mechanics. I don't know. You were trying to yeah. explain to me and I didn't get it. So try to try to explain. I to me was just saying here. that I think it's really cool how they've presented the the overworld in general because you have your tabletop area, which is like you're playing the game with whatever this creature or person is that is possibly holding you in purgatory and you're trying to escape. I don't know exactly what's going on here, but it's kind of what it seems like. Yeah, it's really confusing. Um, But you have that element where it's just the little tabletop game that you're playing with this person. And then when you back out of the table, it's like this old school dungeon crawler where you use WASD to navigate and then like everything is kind of like set up to where like you turn in cardinal directions and then you can move whatever direction you're facing. It's pretty neat. And then uh inside that room is all kinds of stuff that you can interact with interact with and yeah. some puzzles. I I did I it was kind of disorienting because it's kind of weird I I guess I'm not used to that kind of gameplay where you like can move around within the room where it's just you take one step forward towards things. Because David kept saying like, "Oh, it's it's right, it's like it's behind you," and then you turn, and it's like, "Oh no, the other way." <laughs> yeah, that, that's why very... I was so confused. You said behind me, and then I was like, "What?" Yeah, it's you. You you snap to a grid. Yeah, it's it's it, it's definitely like a grid style, which my my brain doesn't go to right away. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see. So like, I could see uh, it being a little confusing at first. Especially for people like me and Tim, apparently. <laughs> it was very easy for David to figure well, out. Well, I, I love games like that, but I was confused by David saying behind me, and then I, like, turned all the way around, and then, like, he was like, no, the other way. <laughs> I need cardinal directions, damn it. <laughs> well, it's hard to say cardinal directions when you don't know which way is north well, if, directly. The, the direction you're facing, just say, is north okay, if you don't know right. which way you're going. Yeah. The, uh, the established <laughs> first direction is just automatically north gotcha right. um and before we move on i just want to state the stoke card is the best card <laughs> all right the stoke card is like he's kind of your guide throughout the game he tells you like what's happening he's like kind of like showing you the rules of the game like oh you should power this up you should do this and like he's even like he even judges you a little bit yeah you know at one point he was like Hmm. Like maybe that wasn't your best idea. To, to yeah, do he's he's actually he's not the only card that will talk to you. Yeah, we did see at the very end the stink bug. I think started talking to us. Yep. Um, oh, actually, but, another like, another thing you guys didn't get to see 
um, the table will actually change depending on who you're facing. Oh, really? Yeah. So like the the like final boss of the demo is this character called the Prospector, and the table turns the the lighting changes to like this blue, uh, underground like cave. And there's like stalactites that appear on the side of the thing, so it looks like you're inside of a yeah, cave a while cave. you're playing against this character. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get to see that in the first 30 minutes, but that's kind of a neat little... I like that a lot because, you know, it gets kind of tiring seeing that wood table. I mean, the only change that we did see is that uh, it did get really, like, red at one point when, like, the one guy was, like, mad at us or whatever, and, it, like, the whole table got, like... Well, he, yeah, he activated a talisman, which changed it. Yeah, it oh, changed it. So was? there's yeah. there's more things like that that will happen. He got angry That's and cheated cool. because we were doing too good. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You rip out your own teeth to win. Right. <laughs> uh, as another note about the stoat, by the way, don't... Don't talk about me ripping up my teeth. How dare you? <laughs> no, uh, another note about the stoat, though. It is also, like, straight up, at least in the beginning of the game, it's, like, an A-tier card. Possibly even S-tier. It's just really good. I mean, yeah, at first we were, you were kind of like, you know, eh, it's not that great of a card. But the more that you, you used it, it definitely got better. As we, yeah, as we, because uh, I started figuring how out how to play the game a little bit. Yeah, once you start to kind of see how it works the stoat is actually quite powerful yeah top tier best card that's my opinion but uh coming up next we're going to talk about the gameplay of inscription and break down some of the mechanics of the game did you know you could watch the full 30 minute playthrough of this game on our youtube channel Yep, you can watch the struggles, delights, and everything in between and create your own opinion before spending your money or precious time on a game. Simply search The Chestery on YouTube to find the first 30 playlist. That's the C-H-E-S-T-E-R-Y. Welcome back, everyone, to the First 30 Podcast. And now it's time to talk about the gameplay, why we've all come here, the, the meat and taters of a game. I always say that, and I always get irritated because I remember Dave not liking mashed potatoes, and it's always going to come up, but... <laughs> It'll be, be the longest-running joke. <laughs> yeah, the longest-running joke of this, because uh, I used to say it's the bread and butter, but now I can't say that because now the potato thing always comes to mind. But Well, you should switch uh, back to bread and butter so you're not upset about the potatoes. <laughs> Never. You know what? I, I, might, I might have to. just I might have to just to, <laughs> the, the cure myself from the fury that comes to my mind when I think about it. But... <laughs> um yeah let's talk about the gameplay a bit because this is a it's, it's a, essentially a card game obviously but it's not like how you think most card games are it's it's actually in some ways ugh, i don't even want to say it does because it does and doesn't at the same time it reminds me more of the uh final fantasy 8 card game tim i forget the name of it off the top of my head do you remember that game? Um, I mean, yeah, I know. Well, I love the Final Fantasy VIII card game. Final Fantasy IX one sucks, by the way. But uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII card game is actually Eight's pretty great. I mean, I don't know that I would say it reminds me of that because the in that one, reason... it's just whoever wins, like whoever has the higher number or letter, depending on what it is, will just win. And then like you can oh, retake right, yeah. that card. But like that's how that one works. 
It, I the mean, if, I'm saying if it, you want a point of reference, I don't even know if anybody's going to understand this point of reference, but it plays almost exactly like Uncharted Fight for Fortune on the Vita. I've I've not played that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if someone does? If, yeah, if, if you've played you. that card game, this is very similar. There's less rows. There's less rows on the field, but it play, like the turn order and everything plays a very similar. Yeah, the only reason I think it reminds me of the Final Fantasy VIII one is because in most games like Yu-Gi-Oh! and and Magic the Gathering and even Pokemon and things like that, it doesn't matter where you place the card. It's just like on the field is on the field. Right. In this game, where you place the card does matter. Um, and, and the only other game that I've ever played that was like that was Final Fantasy VIII, the card game, where like if you put it in the corner, it fights either you know one of two cards, obviously, or if it's in the middle, it pay, you know fights the four cards or whatever. Um, and so that's why it kind of reminds me of that. And who knows? It's I'm probably t- talking to a super young audience who doesn't even know what Final Fantasy VIII is, and that's <laughs> just gonna make me cry in the corner. Um, I mean, I barely know what yeah, Final like, Fantasy VIII is. Yeah, but the, you're heathen, so that you don't count. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like so, it, it's it's very different because even still, there's one part that really threw me off, and it was when we learned that a flying card. Now, to my Magic Gathering player, I was like, flying versus flying, you know, defends. Easy, That's exactly done, where I went to. Yeah, so me and Tim were like on the same page. We get it. We need to get a flying card to defend against other flying. That doesn't work this way. You need a card that specifically has a flying defense option, aka like the 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 frog card that we got. Um, yeah, bullfrog. Yeah, the bullfrog one, which I get, also irritated me because it didn't outright say that. Like there's, I mean, I'm sure like it was part of the tutorial, but like it still frustrated me that Tim was like, oh, we have a flying card. Let's get this flying card so we can defend. And then we go in there and it does the exact opposite of what we thought it would. <laughs> Just got my ass beat. <laughs> yeah, you totally got your ass beat. But yeah, that was my most, uh, the most frustrating thing. I will say I appreciate how much this game doesn't necessarily handhold you, but at the same time, it's a card game, and I understand how hard card games are. Right. And this is the type of game I would have liked a little, just just a tad bit more handholdiness. Well, I expected this to be kind of like fuck you because it is at the end of the day, it is a roguelike game, so like you're going to be expected to die at some point, probably many times in order to actually complete the game. Because generally speaking, as we saw when I died, um, part of the mechanics of that is that when you die, you get to mix together cards that you've collected along the path, and you get to create a more powerful card out of a few cards that you own. And that's really cool, and that's a great way to beef yourself up. Well, that wasn't even when you died. You you can go to uh, what was it called? They were like, uh, oh, shoot, I forget the term that they use, but it's essentially like if you go to the space on the little map. So essentially, when you go on, it's like a little uh, board game map, I guess you could call it. Yeah. For the first like few levels, you just move forward, but after a while, you can like you know have different paths you can start going you can go to like a campfire or like this little inscription area if you go to the little inscription area you can start imbuing cards 
with other powers, uh, even if you don't die. So it's like, the, like we gave, we sacrificed the, the sparrow or whatever card it was so we can make our wolf fly. Like that was really cool that you yeah. can start kind of like putting their power into other cards, which is, I don't want to say, I, I, I would think it's kind of unique to this game because like, yeah, sure. In like magic and other games like that, you can like have cards that, buff other cards but not like straight up no this card now forever is this way so i thought that was a very cool like little mechanic that this game did have in its favor um compared to other card games i've played yeah uh it's actually really cool like the card game itself is actually quite strategy heavy and um it's gonna it's gonna definitely take some time to dig in and kind of figure out where you're going with it because like your deck does matter. So like you need to figure out as you're going, you know, your first couple draws are going to be something. And then as you die and continue going forward, you're going to be able to create the deck that you want, but you're going to have to decide that kind of out the gate. I'm guessing, um, maybe they'll let you start a new deck depending on who you're facing. I don't know yet, but it kind of seems like, the best way to upgrade your deck is through those rituals because you can get rid of cards you don't necessarily need. But also when you die, you get to get rid of three cards you don't necessarily need to create one really good card. So Yeah, the Tim card as we yeah. we named it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. That was a very cool mechanic um, on top of it. But there's like several ways that you can utilize different cards so like most cards seem to um well let's see as far as we've gotten there's three different types of cards there's like your base level cards where you just put out you know and they're very weak then there's the cards that you need to sacrifice you know the weak cards to you know use like the wolf card you need to sacrifice two cards to put out a wolf card and then there were cards that required bones, which meant that those cards had to die and give you bone tokens for you to utilize. So there's all these different kind of cool mechanics that you can use just to get out different cards and you have to you know, strategize and think about. So it's not just a matter of like, oh, I got to place this card. No, it's like, oh, I have to sacrifice two cards to put out this card or I have to like make sure I have enough bone tokens to put out a card. So there's, it's very neat to have all these different like little mechanics that they have going on. And I'm sure, you know, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure there might be even more, you know, who knows what they might do with poison or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. We did um, see you know, the poison actually. Um, did we? we didn't get to use it, but uh, we did see the poison because uh, that's basically death touch. So if your creature oh, yeah, hits yeah, yeah, yeah. the other creature with the poison bite, they die no matter what, which is awesome. I never got to use it <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I kept placing my cards terribly. But the uh, the sacrifice mechanic actually reminds me a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because in order to play higher star cards, you have to sacrifice up to three other cards in order to play those cards. Um, whether or not they'll have yeah, fusions so. in the future in higher levels of this game, I don't know. But like the sack mechanic reminds me a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Actually, yeah. I think that the nice thing about it is I could feel yourself getting very attached to specific cards. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and just buffing that. Because like, I know 100% I would, like, make the Stoat card best card. Like, every if I could put every power on that card, I would. I doubt it. I'm sure they'll cap you at, like, one you know, one extra power per card or something. I'm not sure. They might. Yeah, I don't um, think you're. I don't think you can mix abilities. Like powers. if if you had a flying stoat, I think if you like imbued it with another one, it would overwrite instead of adding. Got it. Boom. How cool would I, it be oh to my. have a flying death touch stoat that just kills your opponent in one hit, though? <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> I want that card. Well, on top of that, you also had the ability. Like it gave you. Um, items to use for example i don't know why they made them bottles but like they gave you like bottles to where you could have extra squirrel cards which or essentially just sacrifice fodder so that way you can bring out stronger cards or there was like a a goat card which gave you three sacrifices for that one card very useful and then there were the the one thing that grossed me out the most the pliers uh, <laughs> which I didn't appreciate it at all. And essentially, <laughs> I don't, I don't, can someone explain to me how, what the pliers did? I didn't really understand so they, what they did. You stick the pliers in your mouth and rip out a tooth, and that tooth gets added to your opponent's scale to essentially give you one point of free damage. Disgusting. I, yeah, that like literally because you see yourself put pliers up to the screen and then all of a sudden you go and then like you put like something in their thing. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate all of this. Um, but it's a very unique um, option there, I guess, if you really wanted to uh, get into that. Um, also, Tim, you wanted to talk about the puzzle. So they're like, yeah, not just a card game. It's a little bit about a, a puzzle game. Yeah, so the game actually makes use of not just, like, you know, the card-based, you know, board game is, like, your meat and potatoes, <laughs> but yeah. um, there's also overworld mechanics that exist where you leave the board game and you're kind of in this hub where, you know, shit's happening and there's all kinds of things around. Well... Um, David kind of forced my hand on this one because I wasn't going to do it in the video, but, <laughs> um, there was a part where the guys like, uh, or, oh, it was the stoat actually. The stoat told us to yes. look, um, in the rule book for a secret code. And so we went and did that and lo and behold, there's a safe with a new friend card and a key, right? Which, yeah, you know. stink bug. Yeah, not a huge puzzle in itself, you know, because it basically just gives you the answer right there. But what does that key open, David? It opens a cabinet a puzzle with a brand new puzzle in it. Hell yeah. Oh. That's right. We and uh, puzzle, though. I only got to fiddle a little bit. But it's it's kind of mathy. Um, it's not anything too crazy. Uh, from what I gathered, the number on the... Uh, the attack power, uh, you stack those up and then they work, but you have to make sure it doesn't do more damage than the health power of the bar next to it, or else it doesn't mm. count. Yeah, gotcha. it was cool, though. I'm a little it confused. was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it makes more sense if I was doing it myself. Just, just think of the there's definitely more, like their cards. There's definitely more puzzles, too, because you got that clock we couldn't interact with right away. You got yeah. everything on that one shelf uh, that that's, like, the behind the guy. 
I mean, who knows if there's other rooms? You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's a door there. And, like, you know, do we fight all of our opponents in that one room? Or do we beat this guy's ass? And then he gives us the key and we move on to the next guy. David probably knows. I don't, well, <laughs> I don't know for sure. But uh, you remember I was telling you about the, like, the end, the final opponent in the demo is the prospector? Yeah. Yeah. The prospector is just that guy in a mask. <laughs> he just wears a mask and becomes the prospector. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> I like the this this game as much as it's kind of creepy and weird. It also does have seem to have some humor to it, whether it be very subtle. It's almost like that dry humor. Like there's a very like subtle humor in this game that I kind I kind of appreciate. Um but we're going to move on, and coming up next, we're going to talk about whether or not we would continue this game with our final say. Thanks for listening to the First 30 Podcast, part of the Chestery. For more opinions, reviews, clips, and shenanigans, make sure to follow us on social media. Find us on TikTok and Instagram at the Chestery or on Twitter at Chestery Games. Thank you for listening to the first 30. Uh, we're going to talk about our final say now. Will we continue this game or not? And since Tim played the game, he will be going last. So we will start with we'll start with David, who did play the demo. All right. I did. I did play the demo. He cheated a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, to, I mean, like I said, to my credit, we did not have this one scheduled in. I played the demo well before we decided that we were going to first true. 30 this. So that's fair. That's I'm fair. the one who cheated this time. I'll take my lumps. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I just mean I didn't stop at the 30 minute mark because there was a puzzle in front of me. They did. It's true. It he was their go, fault. He went yeah. over. It was about uh, at least a minute. He, so it's a, this is the first 31 to be perfect. Oh honest. my goodness. All right. How, how dare you? How dare you? You've besmirched but. the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, David. Inscription. Would you continue? Uh, yeah, I probably would actually. I very much enjoyed what I played in the demo. It was really cool. Um, I like that the card game is. It's not. It's not overly complicated. The kind of like the basic gameplay is pretty simple, and just the the number of cards and what they can do is where your strategy comes in. But I also really like that. It, like the card game is only a part of it. Like obviously learning things about your this guy that you're trapped in a cabin with and like the little different animal cards that kind of talk yeah. to you that I mean who knows these appear to be just like souls that this guy is probably trapped in cards <laughs> like who knows what this these characters were but you know you can get up you can interact and find stuff in the cabin you can solve puzzles probably you probably need to figure out how to get out of the cabin at some point you know, yeah. maybe it, it's, buying it's, your time playing this card game. It's much different than, say, Magic the Gathering or, at, like, Hearthstone, where, like, the card game is the game. And that, like, and that's that, you know? like there's Yeah, there's definitely stuff. more there's, going there's, on here. There's a storyline. There's, like, something happening. Um, and it truly shows you the progression of, like, what's happening. Even in the first 30 minutes, I could tell that at least that much. All right. My turn. Will I continue? Honestly, I don't know if I would. 
And the only reason is, is that I, I feel like I'd get attached to one card and then that card's going to be like gone or I'd have to like be forced to do something I don't want to do. Cause it feels like this game is very heavy on like, you know, or you have to choose something and sacrifice this card. And I feel like it's going to get to the point where I'm going to be like, it's going to make me get rid of the stoke or it's going to be part <laughs> of the storyline where the stoke goes. And I, I don't have, I don't have the strength to continue <laughs> without the stoke. I'm I just see. telling you this. I mean, um, the stoke is that- the goat. Let's be real. Yeah, he is the goat. He is the goat of the game. Um, and I also don't like the fact, I mean, I don't, it's just, I feel like it's very limited on how many cards you get at the very beginning. And I know that's going to change throughout the game, but that's the part that's just really frustrating is like, it seemed like it's very limiting. And I don't know if I love the way that the card game literally forces you to fight the card that's directly above you. Uh, and I don't know. I, my Magic the Gathering sensibilities are fighting me on this one, and that's that's a, that's the only reason I'm kind of like struggling. So I don't think I will continue this game personally. Wow! Goodness! I know. Wow! Goodness! I, I don't know. I like my Magic the Gathering. I, the vibe. I feel the vibe. I feel everything else. It's just the card game mechanics didn't win me over necessarily. Everything else I did. The card game mechanics though. I I was wanting for more. All right, Tim. Will you continue this game? Uh, My answer is hell yeah. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) I'll be continuing this one. The the strongest yes. Yeah, I will be continuing 100%. Uh, You don't know this about me, people out there listening, but not only am I a huge fan of card-based games, I am also a huge fan of of strategy games and this game ticks both of those boxes like hardcore and they put a puzzle in front of me which is even better (laughs) because like that's my other fucking favorite so like it ticked all the boxes for me i really like the atmosphere um i like what i got to do in the limited amount of time that i got to play really enjoyed all the little rituals you can do in like the campfire to upgrade your cards and get rid of cards from your deck which is going to be the most important thing guaranteed since it is a card battler um but everything hell yeah absolutely want to continue i might even continue like tonight because it's it's really good very much enjoyed it and i would recommend this to anyone because it barely costs a thing it's like 20 bucks Less than and it was like uh, I think it's on on sale right now currently. Um, if you want to uh, want to play it, it's uh, it is available on Steam. Uh, I believe it's like seventeen dollars currently. Normally nineteen ninety nine. So if you want to go get it, get it now while it's on sale. Um, and and play it. Um, so, well, uh, if you also want to watch the video portion of this, you can go to the Chester YouTube channel and uh, look for the inscription video there, as well as the rest of our spooktacular content. We just put out like a golf with your friends video, which is the spookiest video I can really imagine. I mean, imagine playing golf (laughs) with your friends. Oh, God. Even more terrifying. (laughs) How dare you? The layers. The frightening layers. All the layers. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this, uh, podcast and, uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.